pleasure as always to be able to speak to you. And, and uh, I think Tennessee folks have benefited from you getting to come here as often as you do. And we're thankful. I know you were here last summer uh, at the uh, Roy Feek, the Homestead Festival. Yep. I got a chance to talk to you there. And then you were at the Cattlemen's last summer, I believe, as well. And you've been to our young farmers. So we, we enjoy and appreciate to have your knowledge shared with Tennessee cattle folks. And that's something that you enjoy doing, I'm it's assuming. something I really enjoy doing, and I think it's really important to um, talk to young people. We need young people in our industry. And I'm really super happy that a lot of young people are at this meeting. That made me very happy. And another thing I've talked about, other than cattle handling, was um, Grazing does a lot of good things for the environment, a lot of good things for the land, and we need to be promoting that. In fact, I recently just did a research article reviewing literature on rotational grazing and on um, cover crop grazing to show the good things that that can do for the soil, because a lot of people just are not aware of, of that. And so what I did is gathered together the scientific um, articles all in one place. That's great because so many people, that's all we hear about is protecting the environment and a lot of people think that we're destroying the environment. But cattle, I mean, it's a natural, it's something natural to have to take care of the environment. Well, what people forget is that uh, at least 20% of the habitable land in the world, I think it's a little bit more in the U.S., can only be used for grazing. We have a 100-mile stretch of land in eastern Colorado where you go down I-70. That can only be used for grazing. There's no other way you can use that land. Sand Hills of Nebraska would be another example. You've got hill country. Grazing's the only thing you can do on that land. But you've got to do it right. And you do it right, it improves the land. It also takes time after doing grazing right to start to see the land improvements. It's also extremely local. Something that works in one place does not work somewhere else. And something that you've been noticing and watching over your career all of these different scenarios with with the how they impact the environment obviously the, the handling equipment that you've yeah. you've spearheaded and made significant changes maybe you can help change the the folks mindset on the environment well handling of cattle that has improved that's improved a whole lot but we still need to keep working on it you know my former student Lilia Edwards Calloway um, just did a big survey of 76 ranches, and 66% of them were using electric prod, you know, very low levels according to BQA um, guidelines, but there was 17% that were using it on half the cattle. That's not okay, and there were a few instances of some abusive stuff done to cattle. Cattle handling is something you always have to keep monitoring to keep it good. Overall, it's improved. It's much better than it was uh, 20 years ago, but we need to just uh, always keep watching that. I know in Colorado maybe you, you have a, a lot more colder temperatures and because of the, the elevations as well. And we just went through that here, maybe some of the coldest that we've seen in a while. But cattle can handle it, right? But you still got to be mindful to care for them. No matter what the weather is, you, you take care of them, right? Well, that's right. One of the most dangerous weather is sleet storms because that wets the hair and the hair no longer can insulate. Another big issue that I'm concerned about, and I just came out with a new book called Visual Thinking, is skill loss on high-end skilled trades. Uh, back uh, 25 years ago when we were working on the center track restrainer system for all the big plants, 
Um, there were a lot of uh, guys that were kind of different that today would probably be in special ed that were building equipment for me. And I'm very concerned about losing skills. One of the worst things the schools ever did is taking out all the hands-on classes, the shop classes, the sewing classes, the welding classes, automobile classes. And some of the kids that be really good at this kind of stuff are getting shunted into special ed when they need to be out fixing stuff. I went to a feed yard in Nebraska this summer. They can't find somebody to fix their feed mill. We've got to work on the, the young people and getting back in the, those shop classes and, and then those trade, those trade schools as well, right? Because we're going to need them. Well, actually what's happening is you take a poultry plant or a pork processing plant, a brand new one, that equipment's all coming from Holland. And the reason for that is we're not making it anymore. And it's a difference in the educational system. In Holland, when you get to ninth grade, you can decide to go university route or go the tech route. Now, I'm a visual thinker. I think in pictures. And it's a different type of problem solving than more verbal thinking. It isn't, you know, some people say, well, the kids that aren't that smart go in shop class. Well, let me tell you, I worked with a lot of guys that probably were autistic that build equipment for me. And it's a different sort of problem solving. So you keep coming back to Tennessee. Uh, and we keep inviting you, and that's why you're here, but uh, why is it important to you to be able to get to places like Tennessee and all around the country to share your wealth of knowledge that you have? Well, I'm really happy about all the young people I saw at this meeting. I think that's just great, because young people are the future of agriculture. Very good. Well, we sure appreciate you being here. Well, thank you so much for having me.